It's time for Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industry's podcast. Industry Towers editorial staff leverages our extensive network of industry sources to provide thorough reporting, pinpoint trends, and arm you with the knowledge needed to thrive in your career. And here's your host, Inside Towers managing editor, Jim Fryer. Welcome to Tower Talks. I'm Jim Fryer. Today we have a very special guest, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr, who will be interviewed by our Washington Bureau Chief, Leslie Stimson. Commissioner Carr was just down in South Carolina touring a technical college that's offering a tower technician program. So with that, let me turn it over to Leslie Stimson. Leslie? Hello, Commissioner. Hey, how you doing? Hi. Thank you so much for giving me a second chance at talking to you. Yeah. I saw your article. I feel like you you nailed it already. (laughs) Well, this is for the podcast, and also I'm I'm doing a follow-up, which sort of gets into my next question. How did all this come about? I think you had mentioned Tower Climbers had told you Aiken had a great program, but I'm I'm just, I guess why you got involved in this is what I'm asking. You know, so generally we're very focused at the FCC right now on this, you know, big transition and shift to 5G and small cells, and we think it's going to unleash all kinds of new opportunity for our economy, and we're seeing some really good results with an increase in small cells across the country, and that creates this new problem, and I've tried to spend a lot of time with tower crews as I've traveled around different communities, and they're really just the best of the best, salt of the earth people. And to a person, they tell me that we can use a lot more tower climbers to get this massive new infrastructure build done for 5G. And a lot of them pointed to this same program here in Aiken Technical College, where I was yesterday, in Graniteville, South Carolina, as the model. What they tell me is we need to create a larger base of what are known as triple T1 certified tower techs. And in essentially a seven-week course, you can also do as a 12-week course, you get the combination of classroom training and practical on-tower climbing training that you need to then go get a triple T1. And so we can create that pipeline of new workers that we need. And remember that we need to build probably about 20,000 new tower climbers to get this build done. So I think the model that Aiken has figured out is really one that we should look to replicate around the country. And that's really why I was down there, was to put my support behind building on the success Aiken has and expanding it to additional community colleges. And what's the FCC's role in that, in expanding that program? Yes, I view this transition in, in three phases. One, obviously, is getting more spectrum out there so that these new networks can have the spectrum it needs to operate on, and we're doing that through our regulatory processes and our rulemakings. The second step is how to make it easier to deploy the physical infrastructure by streamlining permitting uh, and other review procedures, which we've done, again, through our rulemaking. And then this third piece is making sure we have that workforce in place to actually do that build-out. That's not something that's going to involve our traditional rulemaking authority at the FCC. It's more just identifying a problem out there and working in our individual capacities to identify the right stakeholders, including the NWSA, Nate, and see where we can help stand up additional programs like this in other community colleges. And I think you had mentioned when we spoke before that people who go to Aiken and take this course, they qualify for Pell Grants and other things that can help them, I guess, pay for it. That's right. One reason why we think the community college model makes a lot of sense here 
is by doing it through an accredited course at a community college, you have access to Pell Grants, you have access to educational funding from military service if you are a transitioning service member, for instance, and we've seen a lot of these programs, at least the Aiken one and hopefully others, stand up in communities that have military bases with transitioning service members. So being at a community college both opens up some grant and student loan programs to make it even more affordable, and also community colleges being uh, located in their towns already have an existing outreach mechanisms to tell people, look, these are good-paying jobs that you can get. Aiken says essentially everyone that goes to their program gets a job in the tower industries, and these can start at 50000 60000 with advancement opportunities from there. So you can come in, again, with no skills. Uh, you can move right into a high-demand job. And I think you were saying you climbed a tower, is that right? Yeah, we were down there in Aiken, and two of the students, uh, Michael and Caleb, they're just graduating the program, and they took me up a 90-foot tower that they have right there on campus, a practice tower, took us to the top, and they told me about, you know, going through the program and, you know, how they're going to be working as, as tower climbers probably right when this program finishes up. Which is great. And I saw the pictures. Thank you and Evan for sending those. And I notice you've got boots on. Do you have your own climbing <laughs> gear now? <laughs> it's no, no loafers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, the chairman no, not, was. Not, yeah, he was. He, he was saying, "I did it in loafers to me last fall." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think he's been in loafers. I think he, he might have even gone up in a, uh, in a in a sport coat as well. <laughs> uh, no, these are just yeah, those are just regular sort of work boots that I wear whenever we're sort of on the road. We try to spend a lot of time with the construction crews that are actually building out these networks. It makes it easier to get around wearing those than Alan Edmonds. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell me also a little bit about um, your visit to the concealment center? I think you visited a, yeah. a manufacturer of small cell uh, Yeah, that's a great story. We were in uh, North Charleston, and uh, Stealth Raycap is the company. And just within the last year, they've opened up a brand-new 100,000-square-foot manufacturing plant to build uh, not just small cells, but also what we call smart poles, these replacement light poles that can hold these small cells within them. And they've done that purely to meet this new increased demand that we're seeing out there for small cells. And it's really, you know, a gratifying thing when you think that, you know, we're taking reforms at the federal level to try to make it easier to increase the number of small cells that are going up and to see sort of the results of that and just the broader trends towards this push to 5G, resulting in a new 100,000-square-foot manufacturing plan is, is pretty gratifying. And we talked to Jake and his crew. These were the guys who were doing a lot of the welding and the manufacturing of the small cell poles. And they had been working just in general steel construction jobs before, and the entire team was hired on at this new plant six months ago. And so they're now you know, 5G workers, part of this uh, really good infrastructure build-out needed uh, to get 5G across the finish line. So it's a great story when you think about the opportunities that comes with this 5G build. It's not just programmers and coders. There's sort of real example of people that are on the ground finding new jobs as part of this 5G build. One of the things you had talked about earlier in our interview was the FCC's freeing up spectrum yeah. for 5G. I'm, I wanted to ask you about what's going on with C-band because I, I thought I heard you say Recently, you were working on a way to free up more than 200 megahertz. Is that right? Yeah, so there's, obviously there's this active proceeding where we're looking pretty closely at how do we 
free up more C-band spectrum for potential terrestrial wireless use. And what I've said is that my focus at this point is on options that would free up more than 200 megahertz, at least in bigger urban areas where the demand for that type of capacity spectrum is at its highest. I haven't made a final decision yet in that proceeding, but that's where my focus is right now is how do we get more than 200 megahertz. Great. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Thank you for your time, and I appreciate you doing this. Sure. Well, thank you, and um, have a good weekend, sir. I appreciate the time. Thanks much. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.